Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. Now, as I begin a clipping, and I bring the clippers closer to your ear, very close to the right ear. Follow me as I move around the back of the head to the left ear, and up and over the top of the head. Okay. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. What you're hearing right now is the virtual barbershop. It was made by Q Sound Labs and uploaded to YouTube back in 2007. It was the first time I remember being pretty blown away by a sound trick. By the way, before we go any further, this episode is all about sound tricks and sonic illusions. It's one of those episodes that will be much more effective in headphones. So if you have those handy, pause the episode and put those on. You can get the same effect better with the electric razor. I'll first bring it close to your right ear. Perfect, and around the back, and onto your left. Our ears are amazing things, and we all hear things differently. And sometimes, our ears can even play tricks on us. The virtual barbershop is created by using a binaural recording technique. This simulates the way our ears perceive sound by putting the microphones in the ear canal and using the actual ear structure to help shape the recording. That's why it can feel so immersive over, say, a normal stereo recording. But it doesn't work for everyone. Our hearing is an incredibly personal sense. We all hear things slightly differently. And sonic illusions can really put a spotlight on these differences. And some sonic illusions can really mess with your mind. This is the sonic illusion known as the Shepard Tone, named after cognitive scientist Roger Shepard. It gives listeners the impression that sound is constantly going up or going down in pitch, but never resolving. The shepherd tone is intended to evoke anxiety or tension in the listener. What you're hearing now was a shepherd tone used in the score to the movie Dunkirk. The director, Christopher Nolan, based the whole film on the concept of the shepherd tone, score and script alike. He explains this in an interview for the UK TV channel Film 4. I approach the structure from a very mathematical and geometrical point of view. And so the structure I settled on is based on a musical structure called the shepherd tone, which is a musical illusion whereby you can keep climbing up the scale. You're continually going up the scale, going up the scale, but you never seem to go out of, out of reach, if you like. And I wanted to try and apply that to screenwriting, to a narrative, and say, okay, with this story, can you braid together the three storylines in such a way that you create the idea of a continuing rise in intensity narratively? So how do you go about creating a shepherd tone? It's achieved by stacking several ascending notes on top of each other, each separated by an octave. While lower notes are fading in at different times, higher notes are fading out. And that's what makes it seem like it never resolves. You can also apply these same concepts to a musical scale. 
Fans of Super Mario 64 will recognize this shepherd tone in the game's endless stairs. But the shepherd tone is just one of many sonic illusions. Others can show us just how subjective sound can be. This has led to some serious debate on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you... Laurel. So, is it Laurel or Yanny? I heard Laurel, but the 20,000 Hertz team reported hearing both. So, we reached out to two experts in psychology and auditory cognitive neuroscience, and even they don't agree. I hear Yanny. That's psychology professor Diana Deutsch, a pioneer in audio illusions, squaring off against cognitive neuroscientist Dana Bobinger. I heard Laurel, and I almost always hear Laurel, but I'm okay with that because it actually is Laurel. The recording is actually from vocabulary.com, an online dictionary, and it's the online audio pronunciation for the word Laurel. It's recorded by a voice artist and opera singer who was hired to record a bunch of pronunciations for the website. My take as to why it's so ambiguous and why so many people heard Yanny when that's not actually what this man was saying is that the recording wasn't super high quality. It was made in kind of a DIY recording booth where this man presumably recorded thousands of these words. So what's the science behind the Laurel Yanny debate? Dana believes that it has to do with the way we perceive frequencies. I'm a PhD student at Harvard and MIT studying auditory cognitive neuroscience. So I study how the brain understands sound. The voice is actually made up of tons and tons of frequencies stacked on top of each other. So Laurel and Yanny are actually kind of similar. And Laurel has some of the sounds that might have beefier, lower frequencies, whereas Yanny might have more emphasis on the higher frequencies. But there is some disagreement about whether the Laurel-Yanny illusion is in fact caused by frequencies. Perhaps it's caused by something else entirely. I'm not sure that I'd go along with the frequency thing. Diana is a professor of psychology at the University of California, San Diego. She's internationally known for the audio illusions and paradoxes that she's discovered. I think it's much more likely to be due to patterns of speech that we hear in our particular language or dialect. I think it would be very interesting to test people who speak in a particular dialect and then test another group of people who speak in a different dialect and see whether you can find differences between Laurel and Yanni based on dialect. To my knowledge, that experiment hasn't been carried out yet. Diana has conducted experiments using sonic illusions for years. Some even share similarities to this Laurel-Yanni debate. Actually, my phantom words illusion is very much related to the Laurel-Yanni illusion. It's very much related to the Laurel Yanni thing, except that Laurel Yanni thing, people are given what psychologists call forced choice. In my Phantom Words illusion, they're not being asked whether or not they're hearing a particular word or phrase. Instead, they're just told to say what it is that they hear or to write down what it is that they hear. And that way you get many different answers. And that can be during listening to the same sequence of the identical words and phrases. Okay, so let's try this together. 
What do you hear? I hear no way, no way, no way, no way. And I hear it in an American accent. But others on the 20K team say they hear nowhere in a British accent. Here's another example. I hear countdown, 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 countdown. But others here on the team say they hear the words Hilda, 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 or Gilda, 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 or Wando, 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 or Yoga, 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 and even Thank You, Thank You, Thank You. What you hear seems to entirely depend on your language, your background, and your accent. When we listen to speech, we construct for ourselves the words and the phrases. We don't really hear the actual sounds that are being spoken. We use our knowledge and experience of sounds that are rather like different speech sounds to construct for ourselves the speech that is really being uttered. It's not surprising, therefore, that you can create illusions of speech deliberately that way because this process of construction goes on all the time when we're having conversations in everyday life. We'll hear even more sonic trickery after the break. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures, Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20k. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot slash 20k for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20k. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com 20k now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com 20k. NetSuite.com slash 20K. Sonic illusions show us just how subjective sound can be. The Laurel Yanny debate is just one example. Here's Dana again, deconstructing another viral sonic illusion. Actually, in the middle of a lab meeting, someone saw on Facebook or something this video of a little plastic toy that says either brainstorm or green needle. We watched it several times, and what was interesting about that one is that it's a lot more what we call cognitively penetrable. So you can sort of control what you're going to hear by thinking about it a certain way, and you can kind of flip back and forth depending on which thing you're thinking of. It's ambiguous, and so there are lots of different ways that you could interpret it, and there's different groups of speech sounds that are similar in different ways. So you can definitely hear different combinations, maybe hear green storm or brain needle or any other sorts of combinations of sounds, but the internet has a way of choosing two interpretations and pitting them against each other because I guess it just makes for more fun Twitter debates. I would say that a lot of illusions are more what you could call psychology in that it's not, you know, the biology of the brain or the structure of the brain that is making these illusions possible. A lot of it is more in the higher level interpretation of the sensory information or maybe your life experience or certain assumptions that your brain is making. Diana's research validates that point. One of her earliest and best-known audio illusions is called the tritone paradox. It consists of two computer-produced tones connected by a half-octave, called a tritone. I can pretty much guarantee that listeners will disagree among themselves as to which tone pairs they hear as ascending and which is descending. So I'm going to tell you what I hear. Here's the first one. (laughs) 
the time, I was teaching a group of students who were all Californians, and they spoke Californian English, and their parents spoke Californian English. I'm from the south of England. I'm from London. I was very surprised to discover that I was hearing the opposite of what most of my students were hearing. And so it seemed to me that maybe language or dialect was at issue here. Then I went on a speaking tour to different places in Europe and I found that different audiences had different flavors of what they were likely to hear. When you think about it, it makes sense that where you grew up shapes how you interpret the sounds around you. Your brain has to rely on its prior knowledge about the world and different assumptions that it makes about how the world works in order to figure out how to interpret this information that's coming in from the senses. And there's only, I would say, a, a smaller number of illusions that are actually due to the biology of how the cells in our sensory systems are structured. But when biology does influence the illusion, it can be confusing. When Diana discovered her very first illusion, the octave illusion, she was baffled by her own experience. I was experimenting with this software that would enable me to play two sequences of tones at the same time, one to my right ear and the other to my left one. It just became increasingly clear that something rather strange was happening. The pattern I devised consisted of two tones that were spaced an octave apart and alternated repeatedly. The right ear received the sequence high tone, low tone, high tone, low tone. And at the same time, the left ear received low tone, high tone, low tone, high tone. Over and over again. When I put on my earphones, I was astonished. A single tone appeared to be switching back and forth from ear to ear, and at the same time, its pitch appeared to be switching back and forth from high to low. So, if you have headphones on, here's what I want you to do. Right now, reverse your headphones. So put the left headphone on your right ear and the right headphone on your left ear. I'll give you a few seconds to do this. Okay, here's the illusion. While it's playing, I want you to determine which ear you're hearing a high, consistent tone. It's this tone. There's also a low, consistent tone. One of the tones will be on one side, so your left or your right. And the other tone should be on the opposite side. Here we go. Okay, remember which ear you heard the tones from. Now, put your headphones back on normally. I'll whistle the tone while we wait. Okay, ready? Here it is again. Did you hear the high and the low tones in the same ears? Weird, right? No matter how the headphones are placed, Diana's research eventually revealed that most right-handers hear the high tone on the right side. Left-handed and ambidextrous people are more varied in terms of where the high and the low tones appear to be coming from. A quick warning for those driving right now. The next minute has highway sounds like honks, sirens, and crashing. 
Our senses are our brain's only way of gathering information about the world out there and then using that information to take appropriate actions. But your brain doesn't actually just receive this information in a passive way from your eyes and your ears and other sensory organs. It gets raw information and then it has to interpret this information and actually create your perception of the world. So your brain has to decide what information is important and what information can be discounted as just noise that's distorting the signal. And then it has to take this incomplete information and fill in the gaps as best it can and make an inference or its best guess about what's actually out there in the world. And this means that sometimes your brain gets this wrong, and illusions are a good example of when your brain gets this wrong or it creates an image or a sound that actually isn't even there in the first place. Dana uses fMRIs which allow her to look at the brain, specifically the auditory cortex. So the part of the brain that processes sound to try to learn more about how it's organized. We know that the first place that sound goes in the cortex, which is the final processing stage after it comes up from our ears and through our brainstem, we know that the first place it goes in the brain is organized by frequency, almost like a piano from high to low and then actually back to high. That is mostly inherited from the way our cochlea is laid out, which is also by frequency. Your cochlea is the spiral cavity of the inner ear. It kind of looks like a snail shell. It produces nerve impulses in response to sound vibrations. But once the frequency content of the sound we're listening to has been figured out, there's a lot of other processing stages that happen in the auditory cortex, and we don't know much about what those processes are, whether there are different sorts of regions that are responsible for different kinds of sounds. We're pretty clear that there's a part of the brain that processes speech and just speech. But some people in my lab have found that there also seems to be a neural population, a part of the brain that cares a lot about music. I just think it's exciting to be able to look at the brain and try to actually understand it. It's still pretty cool when I'm scanning a subject, the image of their brain comes up on the computer screen and it's still cool to me that that's them, that's their brain, that's how they're able to perceive and understand the world and we're able to use math and physics to understand it. If sonic illusions teach us anything, it's that our hearing is a personal experience. Our lives shape the way we hear and react to sound. These illusions can affect us on an emotional level and help us understand that we live in a highly subjective reality. As we move throughout the world, we experience it and process it in our own unique way. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team that makes commercials, documentaries, and trailers sound incredible. To hear some of this sonic goodness, visit defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Carolyn McCulley and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. This episode was edited and sound designed by Soren Bejan. It was mixed by Jai Berger. Thanks to our guests, professor of psychology at the University of California, San Diego, Dr. Diana Deutsch. 
and Dana Bobinger, a PhD student at Harvard and MIT studying auditory cognitive neuroscience. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Go listen at musicbed.com. You can check out our beautiful show art and find full transcripts on our website, 20k.org. And you can chat with me and the rest of the 20K team on Facebook, Twitter, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.